we may have to go to a jury, and perhaps the man who is, who can deliver that jury is Dr. Hugh McTavish. Hugh McTavish is a fascinating, fascinating guy. He is a scientist. He's an entrepreneur. He's the author of three books. He's a biochemist. He's an immunologist. He's an inventor with 21 U.S. patents, and now he's running for governor of Minnesota, if you can believe it, as the as the nominee of the independence um the uh, the as an independent candidate we'll tell you more specifically um how he's running dr mctavish thanks so much for joining me on the radio thank you for, <clears throat> sorry thank you for having me frank so at 21 patents that i i can't even come up with 21 ideas for show topics what are some of the patents that you have uh let's see i think my first one was for a photo some uh, um uh, it was kind of my first love scientifically, uh, was um, a way of modifying the, the plant photosynthetic system to to harness it to split water into oxygen and hydrogen. So the idea of uh, hydrogen, hydrogen is a clean energy source. Uh, you split water, get the hydrogen as a fuel, uh, burn it again later, and you get hydrogen, ba- you get water vapor back is the only. So it's pollution-free, uh, clean, renewable energy. Wow. Well, that's, ter- um, that's terrific. Are, are, do you make money with any of these patents? I've made, <laughs> yeah, I've made money with a couple of them. <laughs> okay. Some of them. Some of them. <laughs> uh, I, I started two pharmaceutical companies, uh, one off of a, a new treatment for in, uh, for preventing cold sores that I invented. Um, and the other for um, a targeted drug for treating cancer, oh, which but- I invented out of my own. Uh, I had cancer was the inspiration for inventing that one. So. Well, uh, well, I'm glad you seem to be doing well now. Hey, you'll, you've also wrote a, a bunch of interesting books, one of which is very relevant to what we've just been through. Um, and the COVID lockdown insanity. So I haven't read the book yet, but do I understand from the title that you think the lockdowns we underwent two years ago were unwise? That's correct. <clears throat> That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they were insane. There, oh. there was not a good rational basis for them. So you clearly are an accomplished guy. Uh, you seem to have been have done very well in a bunch of different fields. Why would you run for governor? Uh, I started, first started thinking about running for governor because of the lockdown. So I thought the lockdowns were a huge mistake. I, I um, very much I feel like actually that I know the lockdowns were a huge mistake, that I can prove it. Um, and uh, uh, so I was so outraged about it. Um, and uh, that's that's basically why I started, first started running, thinking about running for governor. Uh, but the primary reason is this idea I have called jury democracy. Um, I had the idea 25 years ago, and um, thought I would uh, thought I would write a book about it at some point. And then this came up, and I was thinking about running for governor. And I thought, well, nobody reads books anymore. Uh, so a better way to get it into debate, so, you know, the point would be to be to get it into public get people aware of the idea and hopefully get implemented and spread a better way to do that would be to run for office and that would that would force it into debate and then if i win 
really have it in the bait and and, uh, and implement it and test it out. Yeah, well, I think uh, aside um, before we get into the merits of uh, jury democracy, I love that approach. And historically, uh, and I've always been a an independent, and I've been a member of uh, third parties, multi, you know, most of my life. But historically, that's really the the critical role that third parties have played in American history is taking these ideas that were nowhere on the radar screen of the American. Uh, political discourse and putting them smack dab in the middle of the conversation. Everything from social security to child labor laws to, you know, issue after issue all came from third parties. And I love that approach and I wish more people would do it. Now, you're running with the, uh, you're the nominee or you're running with the Independence Alliance. That's the successor to the Independence Party, which elected Jesse Ventura, who's a regular guest on this show. And I've been very impressed with a lot of the other previous Independence Party nominees for governor, people like Tim Penny and others. Um, are you already the nominee of the Independence Alliance, or is there a primary? I'm already the nominee. Right. Um, we need to get we need to get 2,000 signatures over the next two weeks, <clears throat> and then I'll be on the ballot in Got November. It. Got it. And uh, how does the race at the, at, uh, you know look at this point? I don't follow Minnesota politics as closely as I used to. Um, who, who do the Republicans have a nominee pick? Do the Democrats have a nominee pick? Yeah, the Republicans have endorsed. Um, um, uh, <laughs> sorry, what's uh, uh, the Republicans have endorsed endorsed a candidate, uh, and he's uh, they just came out of the convention, so he could he could be challenged in the primary, but I don't think he will. Scott Jensen, Doctor Scott Jensen, uh, is his name, uh, and he's uh, he's his claim to fame. I guess his main issue is opposition to the lockdowns. I agree with him on that. Uh, he's a um, a physician, and people have challenged his license. A half dozen times in the last two years because he opposed the lockdowns. Mm. Uh, and so he's taken heat for that, and I, I respect him for that. Got it. Um, however, he uh, um, he called for the Secretary of State of Minnesota to be jailed for for basically for not fixing elections. Trump has called for to so that he would be guaranteed to win. I Republicans see. would be guaranteed to win. Got it. And, and the, uh, and the Democratic incumbent yeah. is the governor, uh, Tim Waltz. Now, uh, let's talk I mean, about yeah, exactly. let, let's talk about jury democracy. Break this down for us. Yeah. What this is your innovative proposal that you've come up with. What exactly is jury democracy? The idea would be we would call a statistically valid random sample of voters, which would be 500 or more with 500 or 500 people, actually about 400 people. You have a margin of error of five percent from what you would get from the entire population, uh, with a ninety-five percent confidence interval, plus or minus five percent. So, five hundred or a thousand people or so uh, to the state capitol, randomly selected voters. They would listen to the to the arguments for and against a particular bill uh, coming out of the legislature, and and. Um, uh, so however, all sides, all sides would get the opportunity, all or both sides would get the opportunity to, to argue for and against whatever bill is coming out. Uh, they would then actually read the bill, which would put them ahead of legislators oftentimes because legislators don't have time to read every bill. Um, 
and then deliberate in breaking the smaller groups of 12, talk with the other 11 jurors on your smaller pool, argue with them why you think they ought to vote for it, uh, explain your life experiences relating to this issue to the other people. And we'd have people with, you know, all kinds of different life experiences, all parts of the state. Uh, and then and then uh, the whole pool votes on it by secret ballot. And so I would require that I, ideally I want to amend the Constitution, uh, make this jury a, a, a new house of the legislature. Um, we'd actually require a 55 would actually require a 55 percent majority to pass to change the status quo, basically. So it's sort of a consensus to for change for any new law or any change to the status quo. Um, so that's the gist of it. We can do it. As, uh, as the way I proposed, the way I just described it, it would come out after the um, the, the elected legislature passes a bill. Uh, but we can also introduce things to the jury first. That uh, there's a lot of ideas that the legislature just tables, just refuses to consider. Uh, a lot of, out of outside box ideas that the uh, media um, refuses to consider, and you know, says anybody who proposes them are just wacky, and and uh, this is something we can't uh, tolerate discussion. Um, I'd have those introduced to the the jury initially, and then if the jury passes them as le- as governor, I would demand that the legislature take a vote on it. Uh, I would say to say to them that the, the the people of Minnesota have specifically said they want this new legislation after full informed consideration. It would be extremely disrespectful to the people of Minnesota to just table it and refuse to even vote on it. Um, so I think it's it's an additional hurdle. Uh, one one argument against it might be well, it's, we have such a hard time passing legislation now, uh, and you want to throw another hurdle in the in the way. Uh, but I think the, by initiating things in the jury, we can actually kind of break through the logjam and get needed legislation passed by then daring the legislature, basically demanding the legislature say they vote on this that came out of the jury. So, uh, and if people just tuning in, we're talking with uh, Hugh McTavish. He's an independent candidate for governor of Minnesota. So you select between 500 and 2,000 people in the same sort of random manner in which you'd select a jury for a trial, a criminal trial or a civil trial. And what you're saying is that once the the state legislature passes a bill, before you sign that bill, the the democracy jury would get to weigh in on whether you should sign it. If they vote in the affirmative, then you sign it. If they vote in the negative, then you don't sign it. And you're also saying they can originate legislation. And if you if they if they pass something, you will call upon the state legislature to pass it. uh, And you'll have that sort of added uh, imprimatur of the Vox Populi because it's already been passed by the democracy jury. Is that it in a nutshell? That is it in a, in a nutshell. Um, also, that and that's using it, um, and I'd amend the Constitution. So as governor, I would use it as an advisory pool, the way you just described, to determine whether I sign or veto the legislation. I, I think we would amend, I would like to amend the Constitution to require it. So uh, understood. future governors wouldn't be able to sign, even though the jury didn't pass it. And then I would, I, we also should probably think about eliminating the veto in my mind but uh um but 
But anyway, and just just have the the jury weigh in. Uh, well, and the other thing I would say is, that I just described it as for using in the legislature. We can use it to make regulatory decisions too, mm. um, um, and use it to. I, I would propose we use it to replace the Supreme Court or constitute the Supreme Court. Um, I think ordinary people can make decisions on Supreme Court issue on legal issues probably better, really, than uh, Harvard-educated lawyers. Well, I, you know, I am fascinated by the idea. I think it's so interesting, and it's similar to an idea that's getting a lot of um, momentum around the world called, called sortition, where essentially government would be left, rather than run by politicians, it would be left to people randomly selected just the way jury services. Um, so I can see one of the counters to this proposal being, look, um, the governors, state legislators, they, in theory at least, uh, regulators certainly, spend a lot of time researching certain issues, hearing all sides of an issue, studying issues in school, um, really delving into these issues in a meaningful way, listening to their constituents before making a decision, whereas a whole bunch of randomly selected people may not have the same degree of expertise or experience. What do you say to that argument? Um, for a legis- let's take legislators. Legislators do not I think state legislator here told me I think they had 6,000 bills that were introduced in the last biennium and passed 11 or 31 or something. Um, So 6,000 bills is more than you can read. They can't really consider all of those. Also, as a member of the Republican or Democratic Party, you've pledged, you're told what your position is by the majority leader. And to the extent you don't, didn't know all, uh, you probably pledged in your campaign your position is. If you didn't pledge it, your your majority leader tells you how you're going to vote. Uh, so you don't really have much freedom to actually consider it, even if you want to. Uh, jurors will be serving as Frank and Hugh. They're not serving as Democrats and Republicans. They'll they'll have an independent thought on this. Um, and most uh, so so I would I would argue. Legislators really haven't actually studied issues that much. And the jury, after hearing all the evidence on just one issue, also legislators have to serve on everything. The jury has to serve on just one issue for a couple of days, probably, and then they go home to, to their regular lives again. But in the, that couple of days, they, they can be devoted exclusively to this issue. They can hear the evidence from, from all sides. Legislators probably only hear the evidence from the lobbyist or an interest group that's mm. telling them about one side of the story. Um, and, uh, and then they can really consider it. And also they can consider it with, since we're going to have ordinary people from across the state, uh, they can consider it with people with different life backgrounds than them, different experiences. Jurors are pretty much probably the only people they're talking to are fellow college graduates, people with middle-class or upper-class incomes. It's not it's not a random sample of the population. You know, it's such a great point, and it's one of my complaints that I've had whenever the U.S. Supreme Court um, nullifies laws passed by democratically elected representatives, because you have n- nine people who are not elected by anybody, eight of whom all went to the same two schools, and I, I am concerned that a lot of legislating and a lot of 
um, nullifying of legislation gets ends up getting done by these people that live in a bubble. It's pretty interesting. Now, what do you say, Hugh, and we're talking with Hugh McTavish, independent candidate for governor of Minnesota. What do you say, Hugh, to people that say, well, look, this is why we have representative government in the first place, so that not every question delves down to uh, this mob rule method of governing? Uh First of all, it's not, it's not mob rule. It's the opposite. I would say it's the opposite of mob rule in the same sense that a jury trial is the opposite of lynching. It's considering the evidence. Um, and uh, the the um, uh, we elect the reason I would say the reason we elect legislators is we don't have time to to uh, to make all the decisions of government. The ideal form of government, the um, uh, form of government in your family, the form of government in hunter-gatherer societies where you get 60 people or so, is everybody gets together and discusses it, everybody states their opinion, and you form a consensus. It's basically democracy of everybody. And right. everybody it's sort of like what New England does with town hall meetings. Yes, exactly. So that's the ideal form of government, I think. And the reason we don't do it, the reason we elect legislators is have time. We're, we've got our lives to live. We couldn't. We couldn't meet and discuss every every issue. The legislature of Minnesota, like I just said, had introduced six thousand bills. We don't have time to consider six thousand issues all uh, all year. Um, so we elect legislators to do it for us. Um, this way, jury democracy, you really get the same outcomes. By selecting only 500 people, you get the same result, plus or minus 5%, that you would have gotten if everybody in society gathered and heard the same evidence. So it saves us time, and in the end of the day, you get the same result. You know, I am, and um, I'll, I'll end with this, because I think this is really interesting, and I hope you'll come back again and we can talk about this further. But here in New York, uh, several um, several legislators implemented something called participatory budgeting, where instead of determining how member items for their district are spent, they allow people to vote on a few different projects. And one of the complaints that I've heard about that from other legislators is that, look, you know, we spend our whole lives working on certain projects and we can sort of see the forest through the trees. And somebody that um, shows up uh, to vote on these projects, one, because they're more active than the average rank-and-file citizen, they're not necessarily representative of the citizenry of the whole. And two, that same thing, that uh, they don't necessarily have the same sort of long-term context on this issue or that issue. Yeah, I would. I think it's important that these be randomly chosen. Uh, some I heard about some similar things of citizen advisory groups on various issues, and usually, um, or maybe almost always, they they send in their resume. They get vetted. Some of them get picked. Um, so it's who's interested in this, who's most educated. Uh, who someone judges is most qualified to make these decisions. And I think it's important they just be random, um, would be one one uh, comment on what you, you just said. But that's interesting. It, it is an interesting idea how we would do budgeting. Um, I, one thought on that that I've thought of is the legislature votes 
out two or four or so budgets, I think probably preferable if it wasn't just two budgets. Um, and then the, uh, and those are submitted to the jury and the jury um, by rank choice voting uh, selects among those say four budgets, which one they prefer the most. You, we're gonna, that's, the, that's about the way we go. We're going to have to end it there. If people want to learn more about this, what's the best way they can learn about it? Uh, go to my website, McTavish4MN, uh, the abbreviation for Minnesota. The number four is a number rather than the word. Uh, McTavish4MN.org. Uh, we've got a tab on jury democracy there uh, and the rest, the, rest, the rest of my issues. All right. Thank you. Hugh McTavish, fascinating idea. 